I know at some point in your life, you've probably been in a situation or maybe even a season of life where your main desire was just to get out of that place. You simply wanted this period of time to be over. I think we've all been there at some time. In today's podcast, I want to talk about how we can use those situations to our benefit. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. I'm Lee Whitman with Restoring the Foundations, and today's verse is 1 Peter 5.10. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, the Apostle Paul was no stranger to hardship. He was shipwrecked, bitten by scorpions, thrown in prison for preaching the gospel, among other hardships. Yet through all of his trials, you never heard Paul saying things like, I just want out of this. Instead, when thrown in prison, Acts 16.25 says that Paul and Silas prayed and sang hymns to God. I don't know that I could have been singing about being thrown in prison. Yet Paul could sing. Why? Because Paul had a heavenly view of the greater purpose for what God was doing through that period of time. I want to walk through and unpack 1 Peter 5.10 and try to help us look beyond our circumstances to what God might be doing in our lives through those unpleasant circumstances. You know, many of us have a Western mindset when it comes to unpleasant things happening. What do I mean by Western mindset? We bought into the lie that since God is good all the time, then he would not allow unpleasant or even painful things to happen to us. You know, people in other parts of the world know that this mindset is incorrect because they've experienced unpleasant things, suffering in their lives on a regular basis. But in the West, especially here in the U.S., we've adopted an easy Christianity that is simply not biblical. You know, several years ago, I had a clear impression from God that I should go on a three-day fast. If you can't tell by looking at me, I like to eat. So giving up everything except water for three whole days was going to be quite a sacrifice. I entered this fast with a lot of excitement and expectation. After all, it was very clear that it was God that was calling me to this fast. So I had great expectations of what he had for me during this time. I cleared my schedule away so I could be totally devoted to what the Lord had for me. The first day, I sat in our living room and did some worship, read my Bible, and of course prayed for God's revelation. But most of all, I just sat in silent expectation of what God was going to tell me. You know what? Nothing happened that first day. That was okay. I was in this for the long haul, long haul in this case being three days. Nothing again happened on the second day, except I got pretty hungry. Same thing the morning of the third day, nothing. Then in the afternoon of my third day of fasting, something happened. I got really mad. I had expected that God was going to use this fast to speak some great revelation to me. And so far, nothing had happened except I got angry. I got hungry too, but I got angry. 
And to say I was angry is probably even a little mild. I was very angry, and my anger was at God. I couldn't hold back any longer, and I began to tell God how angry I was at Him for letting me down once again. As I sat there in the afternoon of my third day of this fast, I was hungry and angry, and I told God so. I let Him know how I felt in no uncertain terms. The next thing I heard surprised me. God said to me very clearly, Finally, we got to the root of your issue. You're angry at me. I was dumbfounded. All I wanted was this fast to be done. I just wanted out. But God had a much greater plan. He used my discomfort to show me something that was hindering my relationship with him. Now, I imagine we could have gotten there another way. You know, he could have shown me that anger issue many different ways. But this method was amazingly effective. This is the kindness of God. He took me to the source of my anger, and as I poured out my complaint to him, he brought healing to my wounded and broken heart. All I wanted was to get out of this painful fast, yet God had a much bigger plan. His plan was to reveal and heal something that was tearing me apart, and I didn't even know it. Our verse for today is a picture of the incredible way that our loving Father God uses suffering to bring amazing healing and freedom to our lives. In 2018, my son Adam and I worked together to remodel a house. 1 Peter 5.10 describes the remodeling process that takes place in our lives. This verse really is a construction verse. So the first thing we see in this verse is God warning us that suffering will happen. In fact, suffering is not to be seen as though it's something unusual that's happening to us. Our loving Father God is telling us openly that it will happen to each and every one of us. The idea that suffering only happens to those who are disobedient or doing something wrong is simply not true. According to this verse, suffering is part of this life. It says, after you have suffered for a little while. Not if you're going to suffer, but after you've suffered for a little while. When we were remodeling our house, the first thing we had to do was tear down the old, inferior parts of the house to make room for the newer and better material. The house had to suffer to make room for the better. The house we were remodeling was a 60-year-old house. 60 years ago, when this house was built, it was built with some very strong wood. That wood had been in those walls for a very long time and, frankly, did not come out very easily. The old wood had to be removed to make way for the new. Suffering is the tool that is used in our lives to strip away the weak and inferior things to make room for God to rebuild us with his better things. Now this verse goes on to describe what happens when the old is stripped away. The master builder, God himself, comes and rebuilds. But first notice how this verse describes God. It says, the God of all grace. My favorite definition of grace is God doing for man what man could not do for himself. We can't do this remodeling process on ourselves. All of our best human efforts will always fall short. But the God of all grace is going to do the remodeling for us if we allow it. Grace, after all, is getting things that we don't deserve. So this verse goes on to say that God has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. In other words, this remodeling has a purpose. 
that is preparing you to fulfill your kingdom purposes. Many people struggle with things like suffering and hard times because they don't see the purpose in them. This verse describes what God is doing using these hard times because you were called to his eternal glory in Christ. Your purpose may not to be a public figure like Billy Graham or Bill Johnson. I'm not sure that we need more of those kind of people. We do need more everyday people who live their lives in such a way that the kingdom of God is brought to earth. People who recognize that they are created to do great things in their everyday lives. Now, remember that shame would say to you, who are you to think that you could do anything great? So when shame tells you that lie, all you have to know is that you're a child of God who has a valuable purpose to bring the kingdom of God to this world. You're designed to do great things and don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. Next, I want to take a look at each of the words used in 1 Peter 5.10 as they describe this remodeling or building process. They really are construction type words and you are God's workmanship that is being remodeled. It says in 1 Peter 5.10 that after we have suffered for a little while, the first thing God is going to do is to perfect us. The word perfect means to mend what has been broken or rent, to repair, to complete, to make one what he ought to be in the first place. It carries the idea of restoring something that has either been broken or neglected. You know, the foyer in this house we remodeled had a beautiful tile entryway. The tile, however, had received a lot of harsh use over the 60 years of its life and had not been properly maintained. It was chipped and cracked and quite dingy in appearance. We would have loved to restore this beautiful tile to its original brilliance, but we didn't have the ability to mend what had been broken, so we had to tear it out and replace it. This verse says that God has the ability to restore or mend what's been broken back to its original design. The second thing God does through suffering is to confirm. The word used here for confirm means to make stable, to place firmly, to set fast or affix, to strengthen or make firm. Catch this because it is incredible what God is doing. God uses suffering to strip away the weak and frail foundations of our life that our lives have been built upon by our human self-effort in order to place us firmly, set us fast, to affix, to strengthen us and make us firm on his foundation. Our human foundation is built on shifting and ever-changing sand. His foundation is rock solid and immovable. The third thing God does through our suffering for a little while is to strengthen us. Now, when you study and take a deep dive into the word used here, it means to strengthen. It doesn't mean a lot else. It says to strengthen or to make strong. The fourth thing God does through suffering is to establish you. The word here means to lay a foundation, to found, to make stable, to establish. This is one of my favorite things that God does in this verse, because we live in a world that is changing every day. Things that used to be true for centuries are no longer considered as truth. In fact, there is no longer a truth. There are no absolutes anymore. Your truth is whatever you want it to be. And because there are no absolutes, people are struggling with things that society never struggled with before. People have become their own source of truth, which has caused our society to be built upon a shaky and unstable foundation. 
And unfortunately, this mindset has crept into the church as well. Without an absolute source of truth, we're a rudderless people. That is why it's so important to embrace those times of suffering in our lives so that God can strip away our untrustworthy foundations and lay a firm foundation for us to live our lives upon. He then makes us stable so that we can withstand the shaking going on around us. And I'm afraid that this shaking is probably going to get worse. But fear not, friends. We can firmly place our lives on the foundation God has built that will withstand any and all attacks. Let me try to put this all together and give you the Lee Whitman unauthorized version of 1 Peter 5.10. It would say, my children, be ready because you will suffer for a little while in this life. But don't be afraid. I the God of all grace who has called you to do great things in this life will myself use it to mend what's been broken in you, to repair you and complete you. I will use this to make you stable, place you firmly on my foundation, set you fast, affix you, to strengthen you and make you firm. I will strengthen you and make you strong. I will found you on my foundation to make you stable and establish you. Take heart, this suffering will produce good in your life. When you hit one of those times or seasons in your life where you just want out, remember this podcast. Father God does not cause your suffering, but he loves you so much that he will use the suffering that is part of this life to remodel you into what he knows you can be. I heard a, a great quote a few years back. It said, may your life be all that it was intended to be in the mind of God when he created you. Wow. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that even though we go through hardship and trials and suffering in this life, you're not one that just leaves us, but you take all the things, all the struggle, all the places that we go, and if we allow you, you use them for our good, that you're in the remodeling process, that you're in that place of confirming us and strengthening us and placing us firmly on your foundation. That's the work that you do. That's the kind of God that you are. So Father, I just pray for anyone that's listening today, Lord, that they hear this, that hope would rise up in them because suffering sometimes causes us to give up, to to literally just want to get out. I just want out of this situation. But Lord, I ask that you'd help us to embrace the suffering, embrace the work that you're doing in us so that we can be the people that you've called us to be, so that we can benefit and grow from these times of struggle and suffering, that they're not just wasteful times, but they're actually things that, that you use to make us into the people of God that you want us to be. So Lord, I bless each one that's listening today. I do, again, I just pray that hope would rise up, that courage would rise up, that we would have the courage to face the suffering, that we would have the courage to go through it and experience all that you have for us because you are a good, good father that has good, good gifts for his children. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. 
To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.